Hello listeners and welcome to The Snippet, the hair podcast where you can learn everything you need to know to get the hair you've always wanted. Join your hosts, Sarah and Ashley from Bar Care in Brisbane as we navigate the world of hair. This is The Snippet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Snippet. Now, we have a very special episode for you today because our team are at Hair Expo. So we're doing a team podcast today talking about our experiences as a hairdresser. So it's not just me and Ashley today. We have got the rest of the team. So I'm going to throw it to everyone and get them to introduce themselves and talk about how long they've been hairdressing and how long they've been part of the team. So we'll start with our, my lovely co-host, Ashley. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Well, obviously everyone knows me. I'm Ashley and I've been hairdressing for seven years now. Have you been at Bark that whole time? I have. I have. Woo! Yeah. I'm Chloe. I've also been hairdressing for seven years and like Ashley, I've spent the whole time at Bark. Bark baby. We love a Bark baby here. (laughs) Hi, I'm Talia. I've been hairdressing for 15 years and the running theme (laughs) only ever at Bark. Yay. Um, <laughs> just a special mention that Talia is our manager of the salon, so oh, she yeah. is technically our boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that. I'm the boss today, but Talia's yeah. a boss every day. I'm just in charge of the podcast because, you know. Um, I am Naomi and I don't do hairdressing. <laughs> I'm one of the salon coordinators and I've been at Bark for almost two years. Uh, I'm Lauren and I'm everybody's favourite second year apprentice. Actually, just favourite apprentice, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> industry since 93 so 30 years and Ooh. I've spent 20 years of that at Bark. 93 you're joking <laughs> I was Carl. three I was three I, I, was <laughs> I was born in 96 <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where us people who are over the age of 30 start to get really like cool <laughs> I'm feeling young I'm feeling young <laughs> Oh dear. So I wanted to throw it to the group because, you know, being a hairdresser can be a pretty tricky job sometimes. And I think that a lot of people would be interested to know why we all decided to be a hairdresser. Wait, did we say why we're here? Should yeah, we I said them? we were at Hair and Hair Festival. Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh Sorry, continue. I'm listening to my own podcast. <laughs> no, it's fine, everyone. We, we are at Hair, Exp- um, at Hair Festival. Sorry, it's not Expo anymore. It's Hair Festival. We are nominated for Team of the Year at the Australian Hairdressing Industry Awards tomorrow night. And so, you know, it's the hairdressing night of nights, the Oscars of the hair industry, as you might say. So we thought it would be really fun to talk about what kind of things we enjoy about being a hairdresser, some really like, you know, sneaky tea from the background um, in the back room and just just a general kind of rundown of what it's like in our day-to-day life. So back to it. Anybody want to talk about why they decided to be a hairdresser? I will go. Um, Excellent. <laughs> oh, do I just... Just go in. Yep, go for it. 
I love making people feel good. I think that's the people pleaser in me. But yeah, having the ability to make people's day turn around just by doing their hair is pretty special. Well, I think it is anyway. I think that that's probably pretty true for most people in the room. I think it's probably one of the main reasons that people decide to be a hairdresser is because they want to help people feel really good about themselves. And um, psychology has a really long degree. So, you know, get it done in three years as a hairdresser. (laughs) Am I wrong? As someone who started their psychology. Yeah, 100%. I'm on that path as well. But, you know, it's interesting. There is a really big crossover between people who do psychology and people who do hairdressing. So I think that there is something about wanting to help people be their best self. And, you know, part of our job does involve actually speaking to people on a day-to-day basis and that can when you have a really good relationship with them evolve into a bit more we don't we don't like to do any counseling we're really just there to be helping people with their hair but you do get to listen to their problems a little bit sometimes (laughs) I always like to think of it like we're like Switzerland so they can sort of literally um dump on us we don't know anyone in their family or their life yes and that's sort of you get you become a great listener. Most of them. And you get to hear great stories. Yeah. You do get to hear great stories. It's very true. I actually remember my mum when I was young, she had a work drama once and she was getting her hair done on Thursday. I just remember her being like, oh, I just can't wait to tell my hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> just want to go in there and tell the whole story. That's <laughs> true, though. It's going to be close. People relax. See, People I don't think that's why I became a hairdresser initially, though. I think it was because I have the frizziest hair in the world and I lived in Queensland. Really? And I could never do my own hair. Also, I thought that hairdressers were cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I love the creative side of it and I love kind of doing more, like, shoot work, how it kind of goes into more of that fun styling too. But I think at the time I just wanted to do something creative and I was quite oblivious to the world and I was like, they all think cool. Yeah, I think, um, funny story, I didn't know that you did an apprenticeship to become a hairdresser when I started, so I thought you had to go to TAFE to, like, just the, you know, pay, like, 10 grand and go off and do your course until I realised that actually those people don't come out fully qualified and you have to do an apprenticeship part of it anyway. So it was an interesting revelation to me to find out that you actually just did an apprenticeship to become a hairdresser. Um, so for anybody out there that's interested in doing hair, that is the path. Look down, uh, look for an apprenticeship because that's that's how you get started. It's like, funny that we don't really talk about it that much in some of the schools, but I think a lot of people who are interested in creative industries, that's it's a, it's a great path if you want to do something that uses your brain a lot. A uh, surprising amount of maths. Mm. And fractions. Yes. When it comes to colour mixing. Mm. So. Yes. Hairdressing was, was actually something I fell into. It wasn't initially what I thought I was going to do. So I got a job in a salon as a salon assistant and I was incredibly inspired by the girls that I worked with. They were an amazing group and that was what made me want to be a hairdresser. It's amazing. Hmm. What would you be if you weren't a hairdresser? Um, I was enrolled to study exercise physiology. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know Carmel, Carmel is a very sporty person and very, very smart person. So that makes a lot of sense that she would want to do something like that that kind of involved some of her great loves. So I think thinking that a lot of us started another career before we became a hairdresser, mm-hmm. like what 
is your favourite thing about being a hairdresser now that you are in this job? No one screams at you every day. You don't have to be on a diet or shove your foot in. <laughs> so, yes, in case you didn't notice, yeah, Chloe used to be a dancer. <laughs> well, I mean, you're always a dancer forever, but she was a professional dancer for quite some time, so that's nice. You're just not always a professional one. <laughs> yeah, just low-key dancer now. <laughs> Great. Naomi, what's your favourite part? (laughs) (laughs) This part was like, I'm just going to stay quiet over here. What do you like about working in a hair salon? Ooh, Mm. I think that's actually a good question. I think I didn't realise how much actually went into hairdressing. Yeah, because you you didn't know nothing before. (laughs) (laughs) And now look at you. I know. I honestly didn't know that that was how, like, it seems so silly, but I think because I had never had my hair coloured before as well that I had no idea how much went into it of the, yeah, the math and working out what someone wants and just all the, obviously the different colors that you can choose and how they work together. It's just, yeah, it's actually quite a massive job. There's so much to it that I didn't realize there was so much involved. It is a hugely massive job, I think. And like, that's probably not everyone's favorite part but it could be like I don't know maybe the mouse part is people's favorite part of the job I think too like also because even though like the whole creative side of it is so enjoyable for everyone I think we all can say that we put a lot of heart and effort and care into all of our clients too with every part and stage of the process that we're doing because it can make such a big difference to like their self-esteem and how they're feeling like hair it sounds stupid to say but hair can be like a really big thing to someone in terms of how they're feeling not to circle back around to the old people in the room but (laughs) i want old hair actually have room (laughs) (laughs) when you first started has it like anything changed in the interest industry now like compared to now, if that makes sense? Like are we doing anything now that you didn't do before? or um, It's probably just the amount of stuff. Back when I started my apprenticeship, we did a lot of perms. We did streaks. We don't really do streaks at all anymore and perms are not really a, a big part of what we do. Obviously, we, we do still use that skill, but we don't, um, we don't necessarily do a lot of perms anymore. But things like balayage and, mm. and foils have become, you know, sort of a lot more commonplace in hairdressing. I think that everything's moved along and it moves really quickly. Like I I could not jump back on the floor after, what, seven years off now because I can't do a lot of the new techniques um, because I've never learned them. I think too, like when you're looking at like styles changing as well, a lot of it is there's no set new technique to something. You're literally watching something change through Instagram or whatever, even as simple as like, how people want their curls to sit differently and you're just sort of tweaking and like changing around to kind of follow with the trends as well so if you've got the most well-rounded training but you did it before it would be hard to like slip into like those newer Mm. styles as well that's true we're learning constantly yeah you're learning something slightly different um, anything's changed clearly for you like in the last seven years that we've been hairdressing Um, I'm definitely doing a lot more mullets, but apart from that, I don't think things have changed that no, drastically with what we've so. been doing. Yeah. I reckon the biggest change has actually been in the way that apprentices are treated now. 
I think that like back a when positive change, a positive change. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I feel like when I was going through my apprenticeship that apprentices were treated like debt, like you were a second class citizen who didn't do anything and people yelled at you and you like, and literally yelled at you, not just yeah. like we're making that, like they would yell at you and you were never allowed to take your break. I used to take, and I worked at a great salon. Like it's not because people were intentionally trying to be awful. It was just like, that was the industry, like eating my lunch, sitting on the bench in the color room while I'm mixing up a color. And that was like a standard thing. And, you know, I think the expectation that you were someone's slave is like very different now. I think that apprentices... And the expectation of unpaid training. And unpaid training. So much unpaid training. Like, absolutely every every single week there'd be four hours of unpaid training that you were absolutely absolutely mandatorily mandatorily expected to go to plus you know if you wanted to move ahead and be noticed you had to be there on your days off absolutely like that was how you did it I think it's a big change to like respect apprentices and respect the industry and respect the people that are coming through. Probably the biggest change, and that I think has happened a lot, even in the last five years. It's been a big, like a big shift. And also, I think the times, like people aren't expected to do the same sorts of things that they used to do, like you know, all late nights, all Saturdays, all that stuff. Like I think it's a little bit more flexible. Yeah. What do you think? There's definitely more flexibility now than there than there was even six or seven years ago. Totally. Must have gotten at the right time. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like, um, I think, you know, there are a lot of things have changed in the industry that are really positive, but I think for a lot of us there are certainly things that we would still like to change. Like, is there Mm. anything that you guys have sort of thought about that you think you'd really like to see as a positive change in the industry? I think, like, one thing, not like a change, but, like, one thing coming from a completely different career it's really refreshing that I don't think a lot of people realise is that it's a very supported team here and you actually just come in to work and as long as you're doing really good quality work and, of course, you know, behaving well, it's a very accepting workplace to different personalities, type, coming from a dancing background, you're literally, everyone's having to morph themselves to one person's idea Mm. and you really are just changing everything about you to fit into that category. Whereas I think it's really nice how this environment is just very accepting to everyone and everyone can freely express themselves and it's just like a very nice supportive atmosphere to come into. I think that's true, like industry-wide as well. But, I mean, we're pretty lucky that we've got a great team here that are... Mm -hmm friendly and supportive but I think as a whole like hairdressing is a good industry for the for the weird and wonderful but our, I think our team is, is a is a good example of diversity too like yeah. we are all so incredibly different mm-hmm. and um but you know obviously have that same common goal of wanting to do beautiful hair and you know provide a quality service but you know each of us as individuals are very very different it's true I think um individuality is very much celebrated in the hair industry within its staff but also within the clients coming through I think we get to see some really great things so like what do you think some of your best experiences with your clients I think that people's clients really reflect them and you could almost pinpoint which client goes to which stylist it's like really? you attract you attract a particular type of client or maybe they're the ones that you just vibe with the most 
and then you can see people's clientele definitely reflect them as a person. I think that's one of the hard things about getting in, into the industry for that first couple of years before you find your like your groove is like trying to find the clients that you do vibe with because weirdly we don't all vibe with everybody. <laughs> which when we we've talked about best experiences with a client which I guess it's really hard to pinpoint a specific moment that you've had with somebody. Does anybody have one? A good moment? Hmm. I think doing someone's hair after chemo for all of us is an incredible moment. And if you ever get to do it after someone loses all their hair and then it goes back and it's wiry and it's fluffy and it's curly and it's different to what it used to be texturally. Hmm. And just going on that journey is such an incredible thing to experience like with someone who trusts you so much Mm. or weirdly like the last haircut before they do chemo i did one of them and yeah Yeah. and she felt like it was like the best haircut of her life which it was like no different to normal but this was her last time potentially having hair i feel like that it's a lot more pressure hey because of course there's an element of them being like they don't want this situation because they don't want to be losing their hair as well so you have to somehow turn the situ- situation around for them to have a fabulous look and actually like having short yeah yeah that's true it's happened though like i've had quite a few like clients who've been through that process who'd had really long hair and then they come come out the other side and then decide they love their ease of having short hair and how it makes them look and feel i think that's a really great positive outcome sometimes from that and you know i think they feel happy to just be alive and in the world you know enjoy what they've got there are like these moments are really tough for us I think some of these like we get to hear people's stories about you know how they're having relationship breakdowns they're having health issues they're having job issues like we we have these times and sometimes people bring that to us and that can be anywhere Mm. from hearing their story or it could be in having a really horrible attitude to us and then we don't know what's happened but they're going through something so what's some of the things that help us to get through a day when it's when when people are having a tough time the back room (laughs) oh my god that color room is so funny the amount of times i have a giggle with you (laughs) it's true like it's like a team support like there's so many times where you can kind of tell you like okay here we go smile on and keep going if it is a bad day if something's happened because truly you do have to turn a turn it all around very quickly to make sure the client feels good too even if something's happening for them in their personal life i think truly like no one understands unless you are a hairdresser so like i can offload onto my husband and he's just like oh that sucks like he doesn't (laughs) get it like not like the way that we do the classic when they're like okay like they didn't like and you're like but you don't understand (laughs) how am i gonna sleep tonight it's not just i do think that a lot of us do put that on ourselves it's like yeah oh, wake no. up in the middle of the night oh my gosh i didn't tell beck to order that thing <laughs> that <laughs> color for that client the amount of times i've just walked out and been like after my shift hang on i haven't just walked out of the day, the day <laughs> yes. done, and i'm like i need a wine <laughs> It's, always need wine oh yes 
Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, I think the partners love it. Well, my, I don't know. I think oh, my husband's sick of me talking about all of my dramas. Yeah, Henry's like, I've got oh, going on a tangent now. Oh. Henry's just like, what do you mean you mix up the wrong colour? Yeah, yes. he's like, just do it better next time. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a tragedy. It's so hard to fix. I have to use my brain more. Um, and my brain is tired from listening to people and trying to come up with amazing colours all day. Rebecca and Naomi, like, you guys aren't doing hair on the floor but you are behind the desk what is one of the struggles that you have being behind the desk and or what are the good things I think one of the good things that I notice is, is just to come back to when you notice a client is having a bad day you say they come in and they feel like they're like had a lot of pressure on them and you can just tell when they sit down that they're kind of like oh my god <sighs> they let out like one of those and then when they come up to the desk at the end after whatever they've had it's like they when you can feel that they're in a much better mood and it's like they just maybe needed that nice head massage or they needed to feel good about themselves or they needed that brief chat or even just that hour to sit in silence to recoup and it's nice when they come back up to the desk and they're just it's like they almost feel relieved and really happy so I think that's a really good feeling because then you're like would you like to come again yes you're like great an appointment with Sarah in 27 weeks I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not really sorry. No, yes, I feel like that is definitely our struggle is the uh, the non-rebookers. Ladies, I get it that you are busy and maybe you're not sure what you're doing in six weeks, but unfortunately it's a little hard to ring a week before that and say, I need an appointment. Unfortunately, some people do know what they're doing in six weeks and they are getting their head done. <laughs> <laughs> 24 weeks they've got it booked into Christmas so we want to accommodate you but sometimes it is tough and we can't magically make things appear I don't I did reception very briefly and for like when I was pregnant and it sucks hard like being on the floor all day as a hairdresser and you know you are thinking of things and you're trying to interpret people's like vision in their head into the vision on their head and you've got very little clues beyond trying to find a few pictures and, you know, looking at the hair swatches, all of that. Like, yes, it's complicated for us, but I think we get the opportunity much easier to create a relationship with clients. And so they'll often be really lovely to us and then sometimes might get a bit cranky when they can't have what they want with you guys it's like they feel like they can take it out on the reception people a little bit more than they can with the hair yeah. control of their hair and they don't want us to stuff <laughs> <laughs> it up they're angry at us no. well, I think like a little bit there is that I think oh, that I, was totally joking. I know you were but I think that you know we, we do joke about that but I think that there is a little bit of an element of that and that's not for all clients but I think that that's probably I might be right in saying that that's one of the harder parts of your yeah, job maybe like they see us as a gatekeepers mm. um gatekeeping their appointments with you guys like um, if they talk to us we'd, we'd squeeze them in yes. like you're just being mean yes <laughs> yeah. sometimes we can make magic happen like don't it's amazing what can happen but when the appointment book gets massaged correctly we can see gaps that no one else can see but unfortunately it's not all the time and and uh also it's putting we don't want to put pressure on the stylists to not have enough time to do the best job they possibly can. Mm. This is the other thing about squeezing in. Squeezing in is sometimes not what you want. You I think you do, it's you never know. what you want. I'm yeah. never yeah. going to forget a day it was like super busy and I have two clients with the same name. I'm not going to say who it is, of course, but it was just funny 
because one of them rocked up and I was like, oh, in my head I was thinking, that's not who I thought it was going to be, but okay, must have been a little mistake. So I start cutting the hair and then it was like 15 minutes in the other one with the same name rocked up and I was like, ah, someone's gotten confused and thought it was their day and it wasn't. So then I had to do oh. two haircuts within the same haircut. Oh my God. God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like our worst nightmare. So I was like, oh no. <laughs> Thank you for listening to part one of our special edition of the snippet with our Bark Hair team. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Bark Hair. You can find us on YouTube at Bark Hair, and you can find us at our website, barkhair.com.au. We hope you enjoyed this one, and you can look out for part two in about two weeks, and um, you can hear the rest of what we had to say. Thanks so much. Bye. for listening to The Snippet. The Snippet is hosted and produced by Sarah Mackay and Ashley Lockie for Bark Hair. Recording, editing, mixing and sound by Sarah Mackay. The Snippet theme song is by Jock Mackay. For more episodes, find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio or the Acast app. For more about Bark Hair or to make an appointment, head to barkhair.com.au. See you next time. Thank you.